Welcome, everybody, to the RV podcast number 349. And this week, we're going to talk about the RV industry. It is sold out. And we're going to tell you why you may not be able to get a new RV for years. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. We're glad to be with you and welcome back. We're getting ready to leave tomorrow for a trip along Lake Huron. Yep, we're um, gonna hurry up and get this podcast done because we got some RVing to do. Uh, we have a new book coming out in just a few weeks on a Great Lakes Shoreline Tour, and we're gonna go up and uh, give you a preview in a video that we're working on about how Great Lake Huron is. Uh, but we'll have more to say about that. We get a little closer to the uh, publication date, but. It's been kind of hard to uh, to find, to find spots. camping spots. So the best we could do was a couple of days in a state park. It was it was not easy. Even in the middle of the week, everybody's filled. One of the things that makes it a little easier is harvest hosts, and so that's what we've been able to do. We uh, got a, a park so we could find open, and then we booked some harvest host stops. So we're we're good to go, but it takes a lot more jiggling around now, doesn't it? And <laughs> You've got to be jiggling organized. and juggling the sites. Got to be gets, organized. It gets pretty great, but um, Harvest Hope does indeed come in uh, come in very handy. Um, we uh, want to before we get started talk about uh, kind of a special shout out to all of you who gave us such encouragement about our first video release of this podcast. Now you. Audio listeners, you've been hearing us for six years now, 349 episodes, but last week was the first time we did a video version, and it's presented just a few uh, challenges, hasn't it? Well, you've been busy. I think you've been all week setting up a studio, getting cameras and sound system and everything just right, and I have a feeling that you're not done yet. No, I, I am not done yet. You never can have too many cameras, you know. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of, waiting for one to drop down from the ceiling and one to be behind us. But one of the things that's kind of nice about uh, doing a video version of this is that we get to also, for those who watch us on our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel, we get to show videos. So um, this is our call to you uh, who, uh, when you're out there, if you shoot some video, send it in and um, you give us permission, we'll put it up in the podcast and uh, we'd love to share uh, video feedback as well. So tell your stories and videos, send us little snippets and uh, we'd be happy to use them. We've had some feedback on a couple of our recent RV stories and we want to share that with you. And one comes from a man named Shaz, an Australian RVer, and he commented on last week's episode on crowded campgrounds. So here's what Shaz wrote. He said, hiya, down under Australia, as if we didn't know. Uh, we have the same issue with everyone not able to travel overseas. They're now all turning to camping. Our campgrounds are overcrowded and some of the private owners have upped their fees. We also have to make reservations for state and national parks in Australia where previously first in best dressed gets the campsite. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Winston. It does seem fair to uh, have a few spots made available for impromptu drive-ins and especially for the travelers from further away who are not able to go home. 
And yes, overflow areas are available in some places here too. And yes, further away from the amenities, but at least you have a place to stay. I'm with Jen. I don't like to get a quarter below a quarter tank of gas before <laughs> I fill up. Thanks for sharing your information. Um, yeah, so the story was about a guy uh, named uh, R. Winston Slater, who is trying to get people motivated uh, to um, call up uh, parks and campground administrators and urge them to keep 25% of all spots open for people who are just passing through or who don't have the luxury of being able to make reservations. It's got a little bit of controversy to it because reservations are important. But even in Australia, did you notice? <laughs> well, it makes sense. And we uh, also have some uh, voicemail messages from viewers on this topic. All right, let's uh, play the first one. Hi, this is Susan Shaver, a 75-year-old female lifetime camper whose grandfather was a National Park Service um, lookout ranger. And I am calling to say that I absolutely agree with um, R. Slater's proposal of having 25% of the uh, campsites be first come, first serve. I um, tried to camp last fall and went to two different campgrounds where at uh, 7 o'clock at night, three-fourths of the campsites that said it was totally reserved and there were no openings had nobody in them. I was absolutely horrified. Thank you. So this uh, shortage of campsites and reservations only and all that has been going on at least since last fall. It just gets worse and worse, it seems, every week. Um, I don't know what to do about it. Well, the most frustrating thing is when people don't come and they can't connect to say we're not coming and those spots are empty when other people are there and they want to use them. I don't know what the answer is because and, it happens all that, the time. And that exact problem is what our next uh, message from uh, one of our listeners and viewers uh, said. Let's, uh, let's listen to her. Hi there. My name is Deborah, and I totally, wholly agree with leaving 25% open for first come first serve. I just got back from Zion and Grand Canyon and had nightmare experiences with it all. It's not fun. It's not easy. It's so stressful that it takes so much of the joy of seeing these parks um, out of it. Um, but if there's a way we can change that, I'm up for it and support anyone who um, is is uh, on that particular journey. So thank you very much for having that interview. Deborah went on to say that uh, she doesn't even plan to use any national parks anymore because it's just impossible and too disappointing to get in. It's very stressful when there's no place to park, no place to even pull over. If you are inside, let alone camping, you can't even pull over to look at a site. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, but... We'll keep pursuing it. As always, we love hearing from you. How can they reach us, Mike? Well, um, there's a couple of ways. Number one, you can uh, send us a video message and just use Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. And uh, you can also uh, call in an audio message. Our phone number is 586 372 6990 and like the callers you just heard and some more you'll hear a little later on who ask us questions that voicemail number is great because we get to use your voices as well 
Next up, the RV news of the week. And we're going to talk about the shortages of parts of uh, RV chassis that just aren't being released by the uh, chassis manufacturers. And we're going to talk about inventories that are sold out for, I'm sorry to say, many, many months to come. All that and much, much more when we come back. All RVers need specialized emergency transportation coverage to cover air and ground ambulances, return to home services, and vehicle return. You only have a 68% chance that those services will be completely covered by your major medical. The sad reality is that a lot of people believe they have that coverage, but it turns out most carriers that claim to cover air ambulances only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital transfer and offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place. The truth is 68% of air ambulances are hospital-to-hospital. Here's a map of all the places in the U.S., that getting to the hospital in the golden hour is not possible without an air ambulance. And with an average cost of $52,481 for an air ambulance, why would you take the risk? Go to peaceofmindforrvs.com today and take a look at the true emergency transportation coverage they offer that covers it all. The coverage can save your life and your life savings. Check it out, peaceofmindforrvs.com. Jennifer and I are members, and we urge you to consider it too. Peace of mind for RVs.com. Hey, fellow travelers. Want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number, 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990. Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash hh, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash hh. Welcome back. This is the RV News of the Week. And the big story this week has to do with the continuing shortage of parts, chassis, and the unprecedented, overwhelming demand out there for new RVs. New RVs that just can't be produced in a timely fashion. Quite frankly, most of the major manufacturers are sold out. Take, for example, Thor Industries. It is the largest RV manufacturer. Their CEO, Bob Martin, was brutally honest in an interview he did with CNBC last week. He said they have $14 billion in back orders for new RVs. Let me say that again, $14 billion 
with a B. That means they are essentially sold out for the next year. Now, Thor Motorhomes makes, uh, let's see if we can name some of their different products because they really are huge. They make Airstream. Uh, so they make the uh, Interstate and the, the uh, Atlas uh, uh, RVs, and they've got some other uh, van models now that they're producing. They make uh, J. Cole, Dutchman, Heartland, uh, Heimer, mm-hmm. Keystone. I mean, they are absolutely huge. Uh, they make towable trailers. They make uh, motorized RVs of all shapes and sizes. Martin said that the demand really began during the pandemic and then it just continued to bu- to build and build. And as a result, they can't build. Uh, they can't build the RV units fast enough. And it's not just in the U.S. They also, you know, through Heimer are in Europe and the same problems are there. Um, what they do build uh, is promised to people who have been waiting for months and months. So it doesn't even show up in the dealer lots. They uh, build it, uh, they release it, it goes right to the buyer, and uh, the dealers are stuck with uh, diminishing inventory in their lots. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on when we uh, do some uh, uh, interviews with uh, people in the industry, from dealers to manufacturers to parts suppliers. But uh, because Thor is so big and essentially said they're sold out for a year, a year, uh, I think it's finally gotten everybody's attention that the industry um, is in a strange c- sort of crisis. It's not like people don't want to buy them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they do. It's not like they don't want to sell them. It's just they can't get the parts. So it's it's pretty crazy. And it's not just Thor. It's it's virtually every RV manufacturer uh, and supplier. It's kind of a perfect storm. COVID plant closings. Um, the parts shortage, uh, delivery issues, right, and uh, a breakdown in the supply chain, and the industry is just in this never before experienced position of having unprecedented, massive demands, but no inventory. We know of people who have ordered new RVs, and the wait is up to three years. It's just hard to imagine waiting three years. I've gotten a couple of notes from people who've ordered and then uh, they said they've waited and they've waited and then they sent us a note back that, hey, we found a used one or we found uh, a different model and we took that. So there's a lot of uh, adjusting out there and a lot of frustration. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. Let's get that out of the out of the closet, as they say, and then we can talk about more issues in the RV industry. But this is a big one. And before we get back to the RV industry uh, issues in our uh, interview section coming up, uh, there is one important story that we really need to talk about, and that is what is happening out west. This is a time when a lot of you are on the road. And I don't know, uh, as we do this episode, this uh, episode being released on uh, June 16th, 2021, um, the west is experiencing, I hate to keep using the word, unprecedented, but it is. I read someplace it's the driest it has been out there in 1,200 years. Not good. Uh, <laughs> so so it is really, and in fact, uh, some of the reports uh, are comparing it to the, the conditions at the Dust Bowl 
that we had, uh, you know, in the in the 1930s. Extremely dry conditions are continuing for much of the country, particularly out west. The Grand Canyon implemented stage two fire restrictions last weekend throughout the park, meaning no campfires or charcoal barbecues. In California, a 1,000-acre bushfire at Camp Pendleton caused evacuations at a nearby campground. And in Utah, a campground at Wachita Mountain State Park was also evacuated because of bushfire. As we do this report, five wildfires were burning in Utah, one caused by an unattended campfire, and many states out west are issuing warnings. It's a serious condition, um, and our best advice is check the local weather conditions before you get there. Look ahead. Where do you think you'll be in another couple of days? Throughout the west, the temperatures this week, this early in June, are expected to exceed 100 degrees. Billings, Montana, and I think they're up like 5,000 feet. They're, I mean, you know, up, up way up in Montana. It's expected to be 100 degrees there. So this, uh, this heat wave is another emerging story that's going to have a pretty devastating effect on a lot of RVers. And a lot of you are planning to head out that way right now. So uh, we want you to know about that. Now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it will be our interview of the week. And we are going to give you a comprehensive uh, series of interviews with the manufacturer, with uh, a dealer, and with a parts supplier. So stay with us. We'll be right back. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battle-borne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our battle-borne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Let's talk about protecting your RV from the elements. And the best way we know how to do that is with empirecovers.com, makers of quality covers for your RV that will protect them from rain, mud, pollen, and other elements that you have to waste your time cleaning or worse that can end up damaging your vehicle. Whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. They offer high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect every cover. Comes with a free warranty to guarantee it remains durable. The RV podcast listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off their entire order. Visit them at EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. Welcome back. This is our interview of the week time. And we actually have three interviews that we're going to play for you today. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion about 
sold out. There's no RVs that you can find. There are dwindling numbers coming in for inventory, and the ind- the industry is really reeling from this. Uh, particularly, uh, the big effect, of course, uh, that consumers will feel right away is uh, they can't get RVs. And that uh, uh, takes us to the plight of RV manufacturers. RV manufacturers. To get that perspective, we're going to talk to RV manufacturer Dean Corrigal from Leisure Travel Vans in Winkler, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah, Dean, it's good to see you, uh, albeit not in person, but at least yeah. we're looking at you. Great to see you, Mike. I haven't seen you or Jennifer in a long time. We uh, Hopefully the borders get open and we can come visit you or you can come visit us. We'd love that. We would. Yeah, you got some time on your hands, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, the board Listen, behind we, me normally would be listed with all the RV shows that I'm doing. And I was just uh, said earlier that that writing you see in the red, that's how much they, uh, how much Ryan Elias owes me in money. So I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> well, now the whole world knows. Yeah. Ryan, you're into Dean big time. Yeah. Dean, uh, what's it What's it really like? Uh, we keep hearing all this stuff about inventory, sure. sold yeah. out, sold out, nothing yeah. available. G- give us a reality check. You know, in normal times, you know, when you go through a tough time in the RV business because you don't have a lot of sales, (laughs) and this is the opposite. We have lots of sales, lots of great people have ordered leisure travel vans, you know, and we feel bad that we're not building them as fast as we can, but I've never, ever in the industry, and I'm, what, 23 years now, 23, I think, have seen uh, the, the supply chain so damaged that we can't actually build because we have no no products to build with. Um, never seen that before, ever. Give, give us a sense when you say the uh, yep. the f- supply chain. What what exactly has uh, has happened here? Uh, so, you, you guys got your workers. You're ready. Uh, yep. But what? So it all it all starts. You know, back when we sh- everything shuts down. You know, back in March last year, remember they shut industry just shut down. So eventually there has to be a catch up when nobody's building anything, right? So for example, yeah. just to give you a small example, in 2020, we sold 500,000 RVs as an industry, but we only built 380,000 RVs, which means that the dealer inventories sitting on dealers grounds of RVs of over 150,000 RVs were then eaten up, swallowed, right? And now you got to replace that 150,000 plus you have this massive buying of RVs, which we call the COVID-19 RV buying frenzy. That's what I've nicknamed it. And uh, so you're playing catch up. So all the suppliers are playing catch up. And, you know, then we had the microchip issue with the chassis manufacturers, which is huge. I mean, the Ford factory in Kansas, which I toured on a great video, by the way, if you ever want to watch it, um, <laughs> it, uh, it was amazing to watch. They built 1,250 F-150s a day in that plant, a day, and they built 600 transits a day. That factory has been shut down for nine weeks. And the president of wow. Ford, and I watched him on Automotive News, said that they will never catch up to what they lost. Never catch never. up? Nope, because they built 1,250 a day. They've been shut down for over 10 weeks. You know, uh, 1250 f-150 trucks a day 600 transits he said they will never get caught up that's what he said like from those numbers now let's talk about the the transit in particular that's become mm-hmm. a hugely popular 
RV chassis. You guys mm-hmm. make the wonder on that chassis. It's in great demand. Yep. Uh, so from 600 a day to nothing for nine weeks. Right. Uh, meantime, you guys have been selling them. Every dealer that sell, that offers an RV and that, uh, is there any end in sight? I mean, is there a time when, well, we so, expect to get them in two yeah. months or 16 so F- months or right. three years? Yep. So the F-150 plant or the, 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 the Kansas plant, Kansas City plant, it's uh, up and running today. I think they started back up again. So they uh, we, we already got some stuff that was scheduled to be built for us, you know, according to our purchasing guys. So we're excited about that. And we, we think they were probably a month and a month and a half, two months out from getting 21 chassis. So what we've had to do is we've had to slow the lines down, right? Because we only have so many 20 chassis left and we're trying to keep our people working employed. The last thing you want to do is have to lay people off because they're going to find other jobs. And then we're, you know, the whole, the whole thing, you know, becomes more of a problem. Plus we have had some serious, you know, COVID issues in our province. So the government is kind of like, you know, if you can work at home, work at home. If you don't want to go to work, you don't have to go to work. So we've really had to slow the lines down in order to keep people working and to use up whatever chassis we have left. So you get, uh, but you certainly have more transit orders than those 21 chassis. How, how far ahead are you guys technically sold out? Sorry, 2021 chassis. That's what we're waiting for from Ford. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're we're probably we're probably sold out. It's hard to say this, but I would say we're probably eighteen months sold out. I would think that's know, about the standard. That's what we're hearing from from all the other manufacturers. So yeah, it's yeah, crazy. this in, is the flip side of of a nobody's buying situation. People are buying, but there's nothing for them to buy. Right. Is, is, is what what do you tell folks who say eighteen months? I mean, yeah. that's 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 a crazy thing, and that's for the for the transit. Uh, what what do you say to them? Yeah, I you know first you know thank you for ordering one is kind of the first <laughs> of course yeah we do appreciate the loyalty and you know from everybody, but yeah you know I think the supply chain is going to get better. I think you know. Once Ford starts rolling again, I mean, that plant, I've been to that plant. I mean, they run 24-7. They shut down, I think, one day, one Sunday a month. That's it. Wow. You know, they run three shifts. Like, I've never seen anything like it when they're when they're full production, they're building. So we're hoping that this is, you know, we're going to get it going. You know, our, our people are ready to go. We're just, you know, we're waiting for chassis, you know. And then the other thing, too, is Mercedes. They got yes, a little, that's my next question. They sprinter. got a little fight with the EPA, so the EPA, you know, fined them some money, and they're waiting for certification for emissions on the diesel to 2021. Now they've built them. The chassis are sitting in in I think Baltimore uh, compounds, Mercedes compounds, waiting for the EPA to rubber stamp the EPA approval so that they can start shipping chassis so not only we not had any ford chassis there's been no 2021 mercedes sprinter chassis either and we they have not built or released any they have not released any 2021 chassis i understand all year correct so correct uh, so that most very popular uh, you build the unity on that and yep. of course the sprinter chassis with class b's and van life it's, yes the demand is crazy uh, well, it, it helps us to, to understand. I, I, um, 
It's funny because everybody I talk to has a smile on their face because of the demand, but this has got to have a long-term effect on the buying public. I mean, I wonder how many of them are just going to give up in the long run and say, it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm going to become a cruiser and, and go right. on cruises instead. I know it's crazy. It's a crazy time. Never, like I said, I don't think anybody. I mean, Bob Martin would know better than anybody, but I don't think anybody's ever seen anything like this ever. Yeah, I mean, I, we never yeah. have. I mean, we've had times where we've had no business, where you know the RV business was in a slump and nobody was buying. We've been through three or four of those, but never been one where we have this huge supply or demand and and we we can't supply it. Yeah. Well, I just as there's an end to those times, those lean times, hopefully there will be an end to this uh, parts shortage uh, situation. I have one other question that uh, I, Jennifer actually raised this uh, the other night on our Ask Us Anything program. What are they going to have to show at an RV show like Hershey uh, coming out, the big fall one that, that is yeah. on this year? Yeah. What is so there going to be to show? Stuff. Yeah, they're gonna they are gonna try the Hershey show. I was just talking with Wally, so that they are gonna do the show. Or at least right now, it's tentative to go. So that's exciting. Uh, you know, trying to supply some product because you know we've been really focused on trying to build the retail customer units and not really building. We're not building any dealer stock. We're not building any show units. We're just trying to push out you know great customers that have ordered our units and try and get them looked after first. So we'll see how that goes on Hershey because. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have never even seen a leisure travel van. Like we have, I have, you know, hundreds of emails. From people, hey, I ordered one. I've never actually seen it. <laughs> wow. You yeah. Know, so we would like. Well, to they've have seen our videos. They see my videos on well, ours. We have to tell them right there because uh, you're the best. But we would like to have some show units out there so people can see them. Yeah, uh, well, I'll drive mine around the country. You can just tell yeah. them to follow us. Hey, Dean, I, I hope to see you at uh, one of the shows coming up. We'll head. I know you do the West uh, Western States, yeah. and uh, we love your videos on uh, Alicia Travel Van. And I know you guys have some great products uh, in the pipeline. You just need to get those yeah. chassis, so, like everyone else. Thank you for making some time available to us today yeah. and helping us get an understanding of yeah. of uh, this yeah, widespread apologize. shortage. Yeah, we apologize. We feel terrible about it. Honestly, it's uh, it's very frustrating from from the manufacturer's point of view that we can't look after our customers. We love our customers and we want to make them happy, but it's tough times. Dean was very open in that interview, and you can see the frustration that he has that they're not able to get their product out in a timely manner. And uh, he's not alone. As we say, uh, almost every RV manufacturer is experiencing this. If you are really looking for an RV, probably your best shot is a towable right now. There are more towables on lots than the motorized RVs. Uh, but the big problem, as Dean was indicating, is really uh, it has so much to do with um, the parts availability and this supply chain breakdown. So we want to talk with a parts uh, representative, somebody who can help us with that. And we went to Elkhart, Indiana, and uh, at uh, Days Corp, which makes uh, leveling systems for all the different manufacturers, RV manufacturers. We met with Nick Godfrey, uh, and Nick, uh, right as they were working on our RV, as a matter of fact, uh, gave us an overview of what it's like in Elkhart and uh, how the suppliers are trying to um, uh, make up for this parts shortage and this unavailability uh, in the supply chain. Here we are in, in Elkhart. Yes, sir. Nick, uh, 
we know that RVs are selling like crazy, but we keep yeah. hearing about parts shortages affecting everybody. Yeah. Tell me about that. So, a big thing that has really affected the RV industry as far as parts shortages isn't even necessarily that the, the raw materials aren't available. A lot of it is shipping and transport that has slowed things down. Um, we've run into that a little bit here for sure. Uh, we do have some things that come in on a boat. They get caught in ports. The boat, we've seen a lot of the videos of some of these uh, boats that are just stuck on the water, can't even get into the port to deliver things. We get things that come in from Europe and they get hung up in the ports. Um, another thing that we've all ran into around here is a labor shortage. Hiring people has been a challenge. You drive around Elkhart anywhere right now, literally every RV production line and supplier has a now hiring sign out front. Um, there's There's been some challenges, but uh, at Equalizer, um, we have worked extremely hard to not hold anybody up. We haven't shut anybody's production lines down. We've been working 60, 70 hours a week in the production shop and weekends and all that. And we're, we're going to keep doing what we do and we're going to get the job done. I, I was amazed. I, I spent the night in your parking lot last night. You guys started work at like 5.36 in the yeah. morning. Yeah, and we'll have people here until 3.30 or 4 o'clock. Even later in some departments, we're running a second shift in some of our manufacturing areas. And we got a lot of these guys that are coming in on Saturdays working too. Now, I drive around Elkhart and I see just acres and acres of RVs. They look like they're finished. They're close. They're probably really close, but they're probably sitting there waiting on a part or two to be able to clear it to ship. You'll probably, if you could get into that yard, you'd see a don't ship tag on a lot of those. And it could be something as simple as a water fitting or a window or a stereo. Just one or two little parts is holding that unit up from being ready to go. Um, and that's, that's, that's been something that the whole area has been dealing with for the better part of the last eight, eight to 12 months. Any idea when there's going to be relief on this? I'd say if anybody could answer that question, we'd all be in a better spot because that's, that's what everyone wants to know is what is it going to take to dig out of this? Um, and the problem is, is that every one of those part suppliers is up against something different, whether, whether they're just not able to hire people to do the work or they can't get the materials in to build the parts. It's something different everywhere right now. So as, as long as, as long as units continue to sell like they've been selling, we're not really sure when this left up. Right now, we're just going to keep riding it as long as we can and doing the best job we can to make sure everybody keeps running. Some of these units, you order them, and it takes as long, I'm hearing, as three years for some to be done. Uh, that's, that is that is a serious waiting time. I, I don't know. And the hard part with having a three-year lead time, a 36-month lead time, is that, I mean, if you sell a unit at X number of dollars, over the next three years, the price changes and the components to build it, that, that's something that we're all kind of trying, like our, our purchasing and inventory manager, he's a genius when it comes to this stuff, but he's getting hit with price increases regularly and we've got six month lead times on things. And from the point where he puts on the order to the point when the parts show up, our price could change multiple times, but we do everything we can to not pass that increase along to our end customer as well. We well, just try to find a way to be more efficient. What I keep wondering about is, I uh, say how great the RV business is doing, but with the parts shortage and with the delay, that's got to catch up pretty soon. You would think, but if people are, like you said, there's a 36-month lead time on, on some of these motorhomes and, and a little bit shorter on towables because you can build them faster, but if people are willing to wait, and the orders just keep piling up and the dealer's got nothing sitting on the lot and as soon as it shows up, it's spoken for. If people are willing to wait, I I don't know where this stops. But it's uh, it's something that we're all finding a way to navigate through. It hasn't been easy, but we're doing it. 
We want to thank Nick for that part of the interview. And when we were in Elkhart, we drove up and down the different manufacturers' parking lots, and we couldn't believe how many RVs were just sitting there missing a part or two. They would, on the windshield, they would have what the RV was missing, and they couldn't move them on, get them out of the uh, lots because of parts shortages. Now, it's not just parts shortages. It's also, as we heard Dean uh, mention uh, from Leisure Travel Van, uh, it's also chassis limitations. And we're going to talk a little bit about that with our next guest, as well as what it's like from uh, an RV dealer's perspective. Our next guest is Nick Schmidt from Sunshine State RVs in Gainesville, Florida. Strange times that we live in, and uh, I was hoping you can give us a perspective of what these parts shortages, what these delays, what does that all mean uh, in terms of being a dealer? Uh, like right now, out on your lot, your inventory, how does it compare to previous years? What are the issues you're seeing? Oh, it's absolutely insane, Mike. I mean, this is this is unlike anything that that we've come across in the last 15 years dealing in class BRVs. We've never seen anything like it. It's you know, it it's making my job more of instead of being someone that buys and sells RVs, I'm more of like a trying to facilitate when RVs are coming in for people because it, it's there's so many parts that are missing, chassis issues. You know, we have 20. Class B vans sitting at the Coachman factory right now, waiting on awnings and running boards, and just yeah. twenty people that have been promised RVs by now that are just just from us. They're just waiting. We, we were and just a hundred more that are just, you know going to be coming down the pipe. Uh, we were just in Elkhart and we went by the uh, the Coachman factory in Middlebury, and it's great, they're everywhere. It? I mean, they just line after line, and they're all, all they're done except for just a they're couple of, of minor parts. So yeah. out on your lot now, what do you have in terms of inventory compared to what you would have had pre-craziness? Right. So typically we keep about 60 to 70 new Class B RVs here in Gainesville, all, all in our dealership. And right now we have like 28 new ones. And, and I'm begging, barring, and stealing and doing whatever I can to get those here because from Winnebago, Road Trek, Coachman, American Coach, Fleetwood IROX, whatever I can get my hands on, we're, we're trying, but but we're less than half right now, and it's just going to get worse. Everybody, every manufacturer I'm talking to right now is telling me that they're having these issues, and it's not just the parts. The next issue in the next couple months are the chassis. So yeah. Mercedes hasn't made a 2021 Sprinter yet. Ford has not made one yet. They're, they're not giving anybody them. Dodge is the only thing people can build on, so they're having to disperse it amongst Coachman and Road Trek and Winnebago and like all these other, it's just, you know, Amazon, UPS, everybody, you know, because Dodges are the only things people can get right now. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And, and it's ironic because we keep seeing in the mainstream media, oh, the RV industry is wonderful and it, <laughs> everybody wants, yeah. wants one. Yeah. But what nobody's caught on yet is you can't get one. And that, yes, and and it's that's more frustrating for us as dealers when people want them and we can't give them what they want. That's more frustrating than anything else. And then people, you know, customers come on the lot asking for RVs and they're asking for these specific things, and and they're getting frustrated at us that we can't produce them. And and typically it's the exact opposite way around. Typically, two years ago, I had a lot full of RVs and I'm looking for people to buy them. Today, I got a list full of people and I'm 
the RVs that I have, I'm trying to, you know, give them to the people that are waiting for them. Nick, is there any end in sight to this? The, the factories are telling me by the end of the year, their chassis shortages should work themselves out. They're doing a great job finding alternate parts. So instead of uh, one manufacturer for an awning, now they're having three manufacturers for awnings. Instead of one manufacturer for running boards, they're finding other people that can make one that can make the running boards. So that way, when when one company can only get them twenty this week and they need fifty, they can go to those other companies and they can get other running boards. So. The end is the manufacturers are getting a little more resourceful. The real issue is going to come down the pipe when they don't have the chassis. And that's that's becoming the real a bigger issue now that the chassis just, just aren't as available as they have been in the past for the manufacturers. Now, you guys have always specialized in having a great inventory of used RVs. How, how is that? Is that down or do you still have a lot of used ones? Are more used ones coming on the market or are people holding on to them longer? So people are holding on to them longer. We are getting some used ones that people are holding on to them long because they're, they're trying to trade them for something because they love the lifestyle. They love the freedom it gives, the flexibility. Just like you, they love being in their class B, B plus RV and traveling around. So they can't imagine life without one. But when they go to trade it in, the dealerships don't have what they want. So they're not trading the used ones in. They're not selling their used one. They're just holding on to it. So, so we're getting squeezed from both sides from the new, we can't find chassis from used. We, uh, people aren't getting rid of them. So, so we're trying to make, we're like having this juggling act of how do we keep our, our uh, people happy. Nick, I appreciate your candor and uh, good luck, man. Get out of this system. It's uh, it's crazy. Uh, hopefully, Mike, you get out you, of it and you're back. I'm, I'm very thankful that we're not having an opposite problem, that people aren't <laughs> wanting RVs. They're not wanting two RV. I'm very thankful the problem is there is much more of a demand than supply because the opposite problem is a, is, is a totally different problem that is no fun. This is at least people are excited when they finally get their RV and they finally get to get out and travel and see the country. And, and that's such a, a great satisfying feeling for us when we can finally get people the RV they want so they can do what they want with it. But this is a good problem to have, but nonetheless, it's still a problem, Mike. Well, I think that was the first time that we ever had three interviews back to back like this, but uh, this is an important issue. And people need to know what's going on so that they're not quite so impatient and they know which direction to head in. Yep. So there might be some uh, light at the end of the tunnel, you know, towards the end of the year as the supply chain tightens up. Hopefully people will be back delivering trucks. That's another, you know, another issue that a lot of them have had. Uh, the dealers are just delighted that people are interested in the RVs, but uh, for the next year or so, they're sold out. All right, uh, let us know what you think of all that, your reaction to it. You can use our voicemail number and uh, we love to get calls and your reaction to all this. Just call 586-372-6990, 586-372-6990. We'll be right back. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, 
we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. If you've visited an RV park lately, surely, besides all the RVs, you've seen these e-bikes. Jennifer and I are proud e-bike owners, and the e-bike that we chose are Rad Power Bikes, America's number one e-bike brand, offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes. Jen and I love our Rad Power Bikes. We use them to go around the campground, to explore the area we're in. I have the city bike version. Hers is the step-through model. And those are just two of a whole bunch of different models offered by Rad Power Bikes. All of them can reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course, you can also pedal. And you've got five different levels of pedal assist to make the going just a little bit easier and fun. You can go between 20 to 40 miles on a single charge. Now, here's the deal. You can save $75 off if you use the coupon code RV Lifestyle at checkout. Plus, of course, free shipping. Welcome back, everybody. And now it's time for the RV questions of the week. And this week, we have two questions. Now, the first one it comes to us by that voicemail number that we've been telling you about. And uh, let's listen to that one right now. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Mike uh, from Georgia. I love your show. I love your channel. Uh, we are saving up for an RV. Uh, we're going to be doing full-time RVing in about seven years. I was wondering, is it worth buying solar panels ahead of time and storing them until I can put them on the Super C that we intend to get? Or should we wait to see if the technology improves? Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Michael, for that question. Seven years? You're not buying an RV for seven years? I don't think I'd buy any solar panels. Technology changes. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know, the big ones that we have today will probably be a little ones like that in seven years. I think we first got solar about seven years ago. And it was brand new, and it was when lithium batteries were first being introduced for RVs. And uh, since then, the technology has changed so much, both in the composition of the panels, of where they're mounted and how they're mounted. So anything you buy today, I can guarantee you, is going to be obsolete in seven years. So as tempting as it is to maybe start thinking about and preparing for that RV uh, adventure, I wouldn't buy anything yet. I mean, everything changes. I know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't buy it yet. I would, I would dream and think about where I wanted to go and uh, study different manufacturers and go use my energy that way. You know, even things like uh, internet connectivity. In seven years, we all should have that super fast Starlink internet satellite system that uh, uh, SpaceX has been launching, this constellation of low-orbiting satellites. But uh, in terms of solar panels, um, 
they the technology is changing and it's improving controllers are being uh different and you want the controller to work with whatever you have so don't trust us on this don't buy panels and just put them aside for when you do get that super c rv that you wanted here's a question that came to us from our youtube channel our live stream and uh let's hear it jeff switzer what's the average time i should drive a day well that's they ask what we, we do stickers, and what we think is right. What we say and what we do is very different. We're trying, though. We're getting better. We try. Why don't you give Jay, okay. Jeff our 330 rule? We call it the 330 rule. Drive 330 miles and stop or stop at 330 so you can park in the daylight and look around a little bit wherever you are and just relax a little bit. And something that we have really been trying to do is to stop every hour and a half, two hours, and walk around a little bit. Oh, nobody has any idea how hard it is to make you stop. I think they, they do. If they know you, they know. Get behind that wheel and drive. But I tend to be a little that way, too. You are just as much yeah, as I probably am. But, just, but, but I yeah, and, and it's good for the dog, and it's good for, for us. us. Um, good for you. We always get out have, and walk. have things we got to see, or we got to be there at a certain time, even much of it because we're doing video as we go but we but um the 330 rule is a noble goal to have it is Jeff. a noble goal and some people have what the 220 we've never done yeah that. we've never done that you know again that question came from ask us anything which is the live stream we do every sunday night on the rv lifestyle channel on youtube and now it's time to go off the beaten path with the burkets and this week they are really off the beaten path they take us to a landfill Hey, Jennifer and Mike. We were driving across northern Ohio on a sunny day on one of our pandemic local history outings. We were headed to Fostoria, Ohio, where some notable glassworks were in operation through much of the 20th century. Fostoria glass, now prized by collectors, was made here as were light bulbs by the General Electric Company. General Electric called their early light bulbs Mazda bulbs, after the Zoroastrian god whose name means light of wisdom surprisingly broad-minded those early industrialists. At any rate, we had not yet reached Fostoria when we saw a large hill rising from the flat farmland west of US-23. Do you know that US-23 runs from St. Augustine, Florida to Mackinac City, Michigan? It's one of the country's great roads. Anyway, this glaciated black earth farmland doesn't have hills, none at all, so we turned off to have a look. A train track paralleled the road we were on, and it was immediately clear that the hill we saw was a landfill, a huge landfill. Next to the hill we'd noticed was another, almost as big, and as we watched in fascination, a giant earth mover, its cargo box loaded with rubbish, made its way up the steep incline toward the top. From where we sat, the huge machine looked like an ant climbing an anthill, so large was the scale. We crossed the railroad tracks on a dirt road that ran between the hills, a steady stream of giant transporters coming both up and down the hill. To one side, train cars were being emptied of trash continuously, filling the trucks before they headed once again up the hill. A woman in a day-glow vest flagged us down as we drove by. She introduced herself as Christy, new manager of Sunny Farms, and we're not talking about sweet corn or dairy cows. Are you here for the meeting, she asked. What meeting, we wanted to know. We're having a lunch today. Just passing through, we told her. 
and wondered what the mountain was. Call me and come back when I've been here a while, she offered, and I'll give you a tour. Train cars continued to roll. Plastic grocery bags blew steadily across the road and snagged on weeds, and the smell, well, best not to talk about it. The smell has been a steady source of complaints, according to neighbors, and recently the Ohio EPA completed a closed-door deal with the owners of the site that upset local residents. CSX Railway hauls in as much as 7,500 tons of waste a day to the site, which is expected to be able to continue operations for another 20 years. Carloads come from as far away as Connecticut and New Jersey. The Midwest is trash central for waste disposal. Michigan leads the country, and the states that border on it are not far behind. As we enjoy the wide vistas and sculpted beauty of our national lands and small towns, it's easy to forget that everything we toss in a trash can or campground dumpster has to go somewhere. Wherever you travel, there's likely a big landfill somewhere nearby. Some of the biggest are in Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Texas, California, and Nevada. You might even be camping on a former landfill. The Albuquerque Balloon Festival launches from one, and Colorado's Red Rock Canyon used to be a 53-acre landfill surrounded by quarries, gravel pits, and a gold refinery. Fresh Kills Park on Staten Island is built over more than 2,000 acres of landfill. Likewise, Seattle's Washington Park Arboretum was once the Miller Street Dump. Companies are even developing to mine the valuable metals and other materials that can be found in closed landfills. A surprising number of landfills offer tours, and if you've never visited one, it's an eye-opening experience. Many now include recycling operations, although true recycling is becoming more and more difficult, composting of food and yard waste, and waste to energy systems. You can also find video tours online, so be on the lookout and the smell out for the unexpected as you travel around. Landfill operators are always looking for a new location out here far off the beaten path. You can catch Tom and Patty Burkett's reports every week right here on the RV podcast available through your favorite podcast app. I hope you guys have subscribed and also through our RV lifestyle channel on YouTube. And I hope you subscribe to that too. And now we've got to get packing and get ready to take off tomorrow. We're going RVing and we hope you are too. Again, if you're heading out West, be careful of those wildfires. Bye-bye everybody. Happy trails. Happy trails.